Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 44, Circe with Jess Zimmerman. For once, Amanda, I'm not telling us the Greek mythology in this story. Someone else told you stuff about Greece. How did it feel? It felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. We, we got deep in there. And you also contributed some insider knowledge on the particularly horrific shit that happened in the Odyssey. Always. That's my specialty. Particularly horrific shit. <laughs> We should get that on our next t-shirt. We just got our creepy cool t-shirts in from DFTVA, and we are so stoked to have them. The pins look so good, and we're really, really glad that they are still for sale at spiritspodcast.com slash merch. Yeah, if you want to be rocking some spirits logo, some spirits swag, you should head to that website and check it out. And the quicker we sell the inventory that we have, the quicker we can add new designs to the store. So we definitely want a logo t-shirt. We definitely want more pins. I definitely want some shot glasses so we will see what happens shot 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 shots so amanda this week's episode is brought to you in part by audible who we love and are welcoming back yay uh you can get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial at audible.com slash spirits and you can stay tuned to hear our recommendations later in this episode and we're welcoming our great new sponsor storyblocks which provides high quality stock images and vectors and video for a fraction of the cost you can start downloading all the stuff during a free trial at storyblocks.com slash spirits and i'll be telling you much more about it later in the episode you know what i want to hear amanda what i want to hear the beautiful majestic sea witches and wizards i suppose uh and non-binary uh sorcerers sorcerers um who are now uh supporting us on patreon hell yeah and we will start with our favorite audio sorcerer misha Followed by Neil, Jaden, Satter, Beta Kitten, Raina, Jordan, Lowe, Lindsay, Michael, Kaylee, and Cassie. Thank you so much for joining us, y'all. And you want to tell us about our super special patrons? You mean those who underwrite our 40-year journeys around the globe? Is that how long the Odyssey was? Nope. I didn't read the Odyssey. <laughs> okay. Man, imagine how old Odysseus would be if he came back after 40 years. There would be a lot more fending off of suitors back home. Yeah, poor Penelope. Uh, anyway, the people who are not Penelope and who have all the suitors that they want, I don't know, are our supporting producer-level patrons. Leanne, Shannon, Phil, Catherine, Christina, MCF, Sarah, Katie, Deborah, Julie, Dylan, Philip, Cami, and Chandra. May all of our supporting patrons get home way easier than Odysseus did. That's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. And speaking of our patrons, Amanda, I think... We have a lot to thank them for. We really do, which is that we are going weekly starting a next week. Oh, God. Oh, my God. We're so excited. We're scared and we are stoked. And, and oh, my God, we can't wait. We have so much in store for you for the month. But... What that also means is that there's a little bit of homework on our side, um, which is that on Patreon, as creators, we can choose to charge our patrons per episode or per month. Right now, we charge per episode, and we're still going to do that. But since there's going to be double the amount of episodes, we wanted to make sure that we're not charging you twice as much money for supporting us. So we're going to give every single tier more stuff and lower the price on every single tier. Mm. So the stuff that used to be $3 per month is now going to be less per month. Hooray! Yeah, it's like extreme home makeover Patreon edition for spirits. Hell yeah. And everyone out there can check out patreon.com slash spirits podcast for all the details. Our existing patrons, check your emails or your Patreon inboxes for all the details. We're going to be emailing you, telling you what to expect, letting you know how you can change your pledge. We're going to make everything cheaper, but charge more often. So you'll end up donating around 
around the same amount that you were before every month. So we're going to be making all these changes starting in October, which is next week. Oh God. Yeah. So the first episodes under the new tiers will be Wednesday, October 4th. And we are so grateful, we have to say, for your support. We love you. We cannot believe this is happening. And we are so stoked for, what was the hashtag we settled on? Hashtag Creeptober. Creeptober. We have so many good episodes for Creeptober. We got creepy myths. We got creepy guest stories. Creepy hometown urban legends. And we're going to be kicking off this whole Creeptober business with a classic creepy witch, Cersei. uh, Featuring a witchy Wonder Woman, Jess Zimmerman. All right, let's get to it. Enjoy Spirits Podcast episode 44, Cersei with Jess Zimmerman. We are so happy today to be joined by Jess Zimmerman, who is, I think, just an authority on witches. Is that fair to say? Uh, I I would say I'm an authority on certain kinds of witches. <laughs> Amazing. And you recently wrote a book all about witches with uh, with your friend Jaya, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who we hoped could be here uh, today, but she is nursing a sore throat. So. Oh, no, she she got uh, smited by she got, by someone. She got smitten. Yeah, she really <laughs> really got smitten today. Um, so I sent her some Thai food. So Aww, that was nice. Good friend. But yeah, so we're the the book is really about sort of our version of witchcraft, which is which is haha, um, <laughs> which is which is not really as much about kind of the religious side of witchcraft but it's more about kind of the historical and cultural aspects of witchcraft which have a lot to do with being kind of a cool ass lady and not taking any crap from anybody so Hell yeah. the best part of witchcraft in my opinion <laughs> that is what we're here for um and also to discuss i think one particularly badass witch from history mythology i don't know anything so tell us all about it <laughs> <laughs> she is from mythology we're going to talk about cersei hey um when we who... added this to the uh document of our schedule uh, amanda wrote it cersei like the game of thrones character well so that Listen. was i was thinking about that like i was thinking about that when i was sort of like reading back up on her and i was like i I really, I feel like this is probably not an accident. Or it must be, right? Like think, the, yeah. the name is like, what, one letter off? And I guess as we learn more, I mean, Cersei, the character in Game of Thrones, displays witchy tendencies, you know, a lot. Yeah, witchy tendencies and also like these very specific kinds of of witchy tendencies or like man-dominating tendencies yes. that, that Cersei the Enchantress has. So the, the deal with Cersei the Enchantress is that she's she's this sort of like very powerful enchantress she lives alone on an island except well alone except surrounded by uh some 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 myths have it that she's surrounded by like pigs and lions and deer and stuff like that and some of them say that she's surrounded by slightly uncanny pigs and lions and deer that seem mm. slightly human um that seems odd that yeah. would be a red flag Strong right start, away though. <laughs> it's less odd when you find out that in fact they were completely human and she ah. just she uses herbs to drug them and then she uses her magic wand to turn them into various wild beasts. Like most people I think who would know about Cersei, they would know about her from the Odyssey because Odysseus and his men encounter her and they all sort of gorge themselves on this feast that she's put out. Um, Ooh, classic never, trap. Never, never eat yeah. the food. <laughs> never eat the food. You come across a banquet, if you're in a fairy hall, if you're in freaking the, the, the rocky shores of Scotland, nope, don't <laughs> do that. Don't. And certainly not a rocky outcropping in Greece. I mean, I, I think she was there at least. Like, I don't think it's just that they like That's came worse. across the If there's like a beautiful does, woman. <laughs> it, remi- it reminded me of that part in uh, Spirited Away. Yeah. Where the parents are just like shoveling down food oh and my then God. gradually turn into pigs. They do. 
true. Yeah. That may also, like like Cersei from Game of Thrones, that may be a reference. Um, yeah. Who knows? But so she, she knocks them out. She turns them into pigs. Um, this one guy manages to struggle away and tell Odysseus what happened. And part of the reason that, that Jaya and I want to talk about Cersei today is that we were we were reading about her and Jaya texted me and she was like, did you know that when Odysseus had to defeat Cersei, he used something called holy moly? What? what? <laughs> I like, did not just, know that. Yes. So he, he gets in touch with uh, Hermes, I think, who says, if you want to... Uh, neutralize her powers basically you need to you know her powers come a lot of them from herbs you need to use this herb called moly and oh, it's wow. it's the holy moly uh and <laughs> like what was... that's that's what that comes from <laughs> what was hermes domain again uh he was like a trickster it... god messenger yeah he had he had a lot of domains and and yeah i mean one of them is the trickster god so i feel like he would not be the first person that i would yeah. listen to for advice well but... odysseus was also just a super tricky dude in general yeah he usually was uh all up in athena and uh hermes and stuff i kept in my mind kept using the uh roman names which i never do i don't know why <laughs> uh hermes also was spell. crossroads and uh thieves cool yeah um, yeah, I used to. I used to have like a really strong, like Hermes vibe. Well, no, I, well that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hermes was my favorite, but also also a very very strong aversion to ever using the Roman names. Like when I was a kid. Me too. Yeah, yeah. you were like I'm a purist. <laughs> were, I mean, were you a Dolores kid? Um, I was a Edith Hamilton kid. Oh wow, that's yeah. serious. Which I was like, <laughs> I think I asked my mom when I was like seven. I'm like, Mom, what's a virgin? She's like, uh, next question. <laughs> yeah, you were like, Mom, I'm gonna be an archivist one day. Like, like let's not fuck around here. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up? A virgin. Uh, my version of that, in case anyone was wondering, was um, I was one of those kids who like read through the whole kids section and was like, oh, okay, well I, this is too easy. What next? And so high fantasy was it for a little while, mm. um, and then somehow my parents finally acquiesced and let me go into the young adult section. I was probably like 10 or 11. Slightly too young. Slightly too young. Uh, and so I read The Princess Diaries, which I was very excited about. Because I had seen the, the movie was a thing. And even as a 10-year-old, wanted to read the book first. Uh, and so on the very first or second page, I think, of the Princess Diaries book, she's talking about how her dad died from testicular cancer. And so <laughs> that led me, before Google, to ask my mom, what is a testicle? Uh, oh, and boy. She, that's the <laughs> only time in my living memory that she took a piece of media away from me. <laughs> I'm fairly certain, too, that the Princess Diaries is, like, a little bit raunchy. I'm if sure it gets raunchy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so when but you get when, to page two and got testicles, so you don't get to the actual raunchy part. Yeah. But, like, when I read the book Wicked, like, when the hot stuff starts happening, I was like, this is boring. And, like, skip yeah. forward. Skip I read forward. a lot of books where I was just like, well, I'm not 100% sure what's happening here. Yeah. But, but I never, like, I don't think I ever asked my mom what a, what a word meant. Like, I think I just kind of. I think of, that was the last time I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> learned your lesson. But I was, I was thinking about this, and this is off topic, but I was thinking about this with Edward Gorey, because I used to read Amphigory when I was, like, probably eight. Wow. Um, and, and I can, like, rattle off all of the words that I learned from Amphigory, and a lot of them are terrible. Let's do it. You know, well, oh, so, okay, so laser, which, which I actually think I did ask my mom what it was, and, and she didn't know, but it's another word for leper. L A Z A R. Lazarus um, style. Yes, somehow. I think yeah. I think that's probably where it's from. Yeah, uh, yeg, which means like a burglar. Okay. Or um, a fetishist. There we go. Uh, <laughs> don't need to describe that one. Familiar yeah. territory. <laughs> I mean, and that's like like the the Edward Gorey ones. None of them are sex. They're all violence. Right. But. Um, <laughs> 
Also, also probably bad for a kid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, but also like something that you kind of just skim past if you if you have no idea what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, I think the Sabriel books for you two were very formative. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a big fan of um, Garth Nix's uh, Sabriel trilogy. It's about mm-hmm. a like uh, necromancer who uses necromancer. Necrom- Fuck you, <laughs> necromancer. Who, uh, who like brings people back from the dead or brings souls that were like, you know, uh, dragged into death um, unjustly back uh, and like chases demons and stuff. Uh, and it's very violent. It's very grim. Uh, very and <laughs> I read them when I was, yeah, Ken Pat 9. The yeah. second book, yeah. the whole like first four chapters are about a girl who wants to kill herself. Yeah, 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 yeah they are. See, I feel like kids love that kind of shit and I like did. are not really that traumatized by it, but I guess you know, also are like kind of marked by it, but not in a way yeah. that like to me feels traumatic. Like I definitely feel very marked by stuff like Edward Gorey, sure, but not where I'm like it ruined my life. You know, I know, and like you know, and, like, so many doll, exactly. Yeah. Like that shit's dark, and yeah. so many kids have dark shit in their lives also. And so you yeah. know, to contextualize it, to see people overcome it in literature, like that is that is really real and really valuable. I think for a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is also why I'm not often allowed to buy kids books. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like to buy them Dolaire's Book of Greek Myths because that's the one that I. I was like obsessed with Hell in yeah. like nursery school thereafter mm-hmm. um like the like I read you know the front and back covers off of mine yep. and and I did have like a children's odyssey also that had like Aww. you know all of the boring parts took out basically yeah that sounds um, like the version of the odyssey I want to read somehow yeah. I never read it despite being a literature major I'm shocked by that I know I know and at this point it's just like a streak I want to continue <laughs> just so that you can say that you never read right, it. Like, yeah, suck right, it. I yeah. never read it. I know, I know. But back to Cersei. Yeah, well, so 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 we've done the part that I think was in my children's odyssey, which is yes. where she turned the men into pigs, and then Odysseus found out how to defeat her, and it was with this herb. Um, which So this is interesting, because I, I was reading about Holy Moly. Holy Every moly. time, like, <laughs> do. Holy Moly. And they don't know exactly what it was, but there's one theory that... Uh, that the men weren't actually enchanted. They were just under the influence of a drug like um, like belladonna or mandrake or something like that that like okay. um, has particular sort of, that slows you down and that has some hallucinogenic effects. Hmm. And one of the plants that fits the description of moly is the snowdrop, which does actually like counter, I think it's called anticholinergic effects. Whoa. So yeah, so that would be wild. Um, I love the science behind the <laughs> yeah, I know. It's and honestly like, so cool. Yeah. People were so much smarter than we give them credit for. You know, like people were, were uh, administering medicine in ways that just wasn't called the yeah. thing that we expect to be called today so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get, I get very into the like sort of perhaps it was this real world version yeah, of the yeah, yeah. Um which I also found out is called euhemerism. Oh. Which I think is a beautiful word. Look at these ten dollar words coming into our podcast. <laughs> I've, been, I've been reading a lot of of mythology stuff lately because I've been writing about monsters and and yes. so you know there's you know so when you when you find out like oh well you know uh, Charybdis was actually this whirlpool in the Strait of Messina that's a euhemeristic explanation and I love those. Um, yeah, just, and she just like <laughs> touched my heart in a place I didn't know existed. Thank Julia you looks for like that. she she just like touched a really adorable puppy. Oh, that's little, so happy. A little pocket in your heart reserved for <laughs> euhemerism. Pretty much. And shout out to your series of essays on monsters for catapult. It is the dopest ever, and it's also why we were like, oh my god, we need you on the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really I'm excited to be doing more monster stuff. Hopefully. 
fingers crossed in the future. Um, yes. Right now, right now the series is done, but I'm I've got other plans for it. So. Hell yeah, Sweet. and we will link it in the description. Do yes. not worry, folks. Yeah. But yeah, so 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 we're done with sort of the child appropriate part of Cersei. Let's get oh to my God, adult get content. <laughs> Where so 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 what he's told to do with the Molly is is he goes and like uses it to counteract her you know, her enchantment on his men. Okay. And then he's given specific instructions that he, if if he wants to take her to bed, like he can and should, but he has to get her to promise first that she won't remove his manhood. Okay. Because like, if, if you don't, apparently if you don't get official... Like assurances of this from Cersei. This it's is just, just something that like, and she'll just do it, and then she'll be like, "Well, you didn't say not to." It's always on the table. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yes. maybe literally. Oh no! <laughs> Yikes! Oh my goodness, that's like quite a, a you know expectation setting conversation to have. I mean, I think it's very important to sort of talk about consent it beforehand. Is. It is. Yeah. Line your boundaries, give your yeses and your noes and your maybes. Exactly. It's very important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they have this sort of like Fifty Shades of Grey kind of conversation where he's like, no, this is a hard limit. You cannot it's remove my penis. It's a hard no dick removal. Yeah. <laughs> she's um, like, fine. And so then, so they, you know, they go decorously off camera for a while mm-hmm. and then he stays there for a year. With his men. Oh. Which, like, I feel like I would not, like, I would be like, boss, I love you, but this lady turned me into a pig, and I didn't enjoy it. Wait, the men Uh back as men? They're back as men, and they're just, like, hanging out and eating food, which I would (laughs) truly never eat. Another yeah well so right. this is interesting yeah are they he, eating the pigs that were they're not <laughs> okay like because listen <laughs> I don't think so yeah God doesn't but that he terrible? only he only demanded that his men be returned yeah, to human form these. so like there are <laughs> they're like the the <laughs> SS Hera bye oh, God. yeah I I guess it's possible. Ooh. Yeah, this took a dark turn. Oh boy! Well, and this is After the thing, like, the if, dick you, removal. Hold on, hold if on. you don't say specifically, I don't want to eat a pig that was a human. I guess that it's still on the table. Now, uh, as, as it were, <laughs> I'm so sorry for that image. <laughs> Question: Would it be cannibalism to eat a human that was turned into a pig? I feel like it would be ethically cannibal stuff. <laughs> Even if it isn't... We're Amanda. We <laughs> have, we've gotten into this discussion. We can't keep talking about light cannibalism on the show. So we've, talking to, we've talked a little bit about light cannibalism on the show. And so uh, periodically, every, so someone on Twitter will be like, um, did you did you condone cannibalism? And, and just be like, did I get that right? No, I mean, I, th- I think that like, you're, you're just establishing what it is that we don't condone. We don't condone cannibalism. Yes. I assume you don't condone cannibalism. Listen, I don't condone Amanda cannibalism. ended an episode <laughs> with eat a person if you're a werewolf. So. I, I did. I did. I was but drinking if you're moonshine. you're a werewolf, you're not exactly a human, right? So it's not really... That's what I'm like saying. If you're, so yeah. are these pigmen not actually human? I feel like it depends on whether they're conscious of being like human minds in a pig body. We don't know. They only talk pig. Yeah. Hmm. I, there's definitely like some. I don't. I don't remember if the Odyssey talks about it. There are definitely like some treatments of the Cersei myth where they're basically aware that Yikes. they're pigs. Worst case scenario, truly. I would. I would avoid eating. Pigs. Avoid eating meat on that. Island, I would just avoid in eating meat. On I mean, that having island. just been a pig, I probably would not be super into that. That's that's true. Yeah, you might still have sort of lingering pig yeah. mind effects. Yeah, these men yeah. might be like, "Oh, I remember what it's like to be a pig. Maybe we shouldn't eat these other pigs." On yeah, that. they Those might they be were... like, "Do you have any slop?" Right. Like yeah. what I would really like is some slop. Yeah, yeah. Like I just have a craving for some like flavorless, yeah. bodiless, <laughs> semi-liquid food. Yeah. Also. Yeah. 
imagine, if you will, for one second, they probably ate pig at that feast when they first arrived at the island. They so they ate a specific thing that okay. wasn't that wasn't meat. Okay. And I can't remember what it was like. It was like porridge, I think. Is it that weird thing where it's water and sheep's cheese and then something else? I think it probably was. It sounded like cottage cheese, basically. That's like a thing that the Greeks would eat. And yeah. it's my favorite thing in the world because it <laughs> sounds disgusting. But also, I would eat it. We, I mean, I would eat it. I love cottage cheese. I would have... eat it if it weren't enchanted. Okay, that's yeah. fair. We have been preparing for an ancient Greek dinner party. Oh, nice. Uh, and I'm going to make this shit. Yeah, where we're going to serve some period-appropriate food and order pizza later if it goes really bad. <laughs> it will not go bad. It's going to be delicious. Are you going to have a human pig? Uh, human pig no, roast? No, I was going to make <laughs> sausages. Human sausages. Yeah. yeah. Human sausages you never know. Unless unless I say specifically, Julia, no human meat at this dinner party. It's always on the table. Let's just wave some moly at her. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, shit. You know what you should have at this dinner party? You should have some holy mole. We should. Yeah. <gasps> oh, yes. That's adorable. We're going to do it. You're invited. Yes. I've always wanted to make mole, so. Yeah. Fair. Perfect. Done. <laughs> Done. I love committing to the bit and making a dish at a dinner party based on a bit on your podcast is the most neat thing I can imagine. I completely agree. Can we talk for one second? Because I, this is always the part in the Odyssey that made me dislike Odysseus. Uh, and it's because he's off fucking a cool enchantress for a year <laughs> while his wife is at home literally beating away uh, suitors so that she isn't considered, uh, you know, right. uh, yeah. unfaithful. Yeah. Yep. And it sucks. Yeah. The well, Odyssey Penelope. has some pretty fucked up gender. I mean, all all like yeah. ancient Greek texts have some pretty fucked up gender politics. That's true. Um, I was just writing for, for one of the monster essays. I was, I was uh, reading um, the humanities mm-hmm. and... It essentially, the the entire play is a court case of, like, the Furies versus Orestes and, like, whether it's okay for them to punish him for killing his mother who killed his father. Mm-hmm. Um, and it winds up that, like, the tie-breaking vote goes to Athena and she says, well, you know, I don't have much use for women, so, like, like, between, like a man who killed a woman and a woman who killed a man like i'm just going to i'm going to say that the man who killed the woman is more right like it's, that's that's the end of that play like yeah, that's how that goes that's the problem <laughs> that you face too with the medusa myth like the original telling yeah. of the medusa myth where medusa is a uh, virgin priestess in her temple and yeah. gets raped by poseidon and then she gets turned into a monster because it's her fault, in quotes. Also by Athena, who I loved when I was a kid. Yeah, and like, both of these like the stories make yeah. me feel really like beyond Just lukewarm about shitty. her. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. almost like the keepers of, of the written record in history are, are mostly male. <laughs> Historically. <laughs> odd. Weird. Yeah. Weird. So but weird. we're, we're should turn them into pigs. Ooh. Ooh yes, we Gives should. a whole new meaning to men or pigs. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so they're frolicking for a year. They're frolicking for a year. I mean, and that's that's pretty much the end of that story. Like once he decides to go, she she reluctantly lets him go, and she gives him some some advice about um, like I think she gives him advice on how to go to the underworld, but she also gives him advice on on how to literally leave her island, and which includes you know if you go this way, you're going to go between Scylla and Charybdis, and you should go you should trend closer to the Charybdis side, yeah, because um, Scylla will eat a bunch of your men. Um, I mean, that's nice that. of her. She's like, if I can't eat it, then no one can. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, so so what's interesting, and this is also like slightly fucked up gender politics, I guess, is that 
in a, in a different way. This is this is like like fucked up like intro woman gender politics. Cersei is actually the person who turns Scylla into a monster in the first place. Oh, and this is I know. <laughs> this is a way in which I would say she is not by any means a role model. The turning men into pigs I feel fine about. Yeah. Um yeah, and the, and even like the maybe like removing your manhood if you don't ask her specifically not to. But um but yeah, someone I, whose name escapes me fell in love with Scylla when she was just a beautiful human and came to Cersei for a love potion. And Cersei fell in love with him, and Yikes. so she like tricked Scylla into walking into this like drugged water that turns her no. into basically a bunch of barking dogs below the waist. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that uh, part. Yeah. So a, a running theme on spirits is that like mashups of different kinds of animals just freak me the fuck out. Ooh! Like backwards feet on animals as like a demon thing. I'm just like, no, 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 no. And so the idea of mixing up, like even hippogriffs are a little bit like, oh, I don't know, let's talk about this. Yeah. But the idea of a person who's dog below the waist. She's several dogs. <gasps> yeah. But, but she's, uh, the, she's, she's the upper halves of dogs below the waist is my understanding. What the... What's the leg situation? I don't know the leg situation, but the thing is that, like, after she's a monster, she really just stays in one place and eats people who come by oh, okay. in their ships. So, like, it okay. does, she doesn't have to have a leg situation if she doesn't want so to. So she's, like, she's all torso and head. I, think, I mean, if she stays in one place, though, are they just walking up to her and then getting eaten? Or? They're, they're, yeah, they're sailing by. And then, okay. well, so so what Cersei says, at least in the in the Odyssey, is that she also, I guess, has... So these are from two different texts, right? So the the, like, walking into the water... You know, and and so turning below the waist, that's from that's from Ovid, mm-hmm. from Metamorphoses. Um, he does love that metamorphosis the, into yes. weird animals <laughs> and trees, also. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty much yeah. animals and trees. But so, but what Cersei tells Odysseus in the Odyssey is that uh, that Scylla has like six, I think six heads that will dart out, and they'll each take one of his men. Oh, great! So long necks, which so are long, also horrifying. Yeah, long necks. Great. You're just yeah. hitting all of Amanda's check marks here. Awesome. Love it. Uh, Oh, that's so frustrating. But returning to the the love potion thing, like I guess then the best love potion vendor would be a gay woman because like has no interest in your male counterparts. I guess then she could seduce the person coming for the love potion if she's a woman. Or would be jealous of the woman who is asking for love potions. Jealous of the man. Yes. Yeah. Or well, like depends. doesn't want them pursuing another that could person. Be. Yeah, I mean the like the thing is that like both women and men of various persuasions could theoretically come to you for a love potion. True, true. So I guess I hence think... the old crone image, which yeah. is, you know, rendered to be like a sexless and, and desire-free, you know, entity. Probably an asexual is the best person to give you a love potion. Yeah, that if, if that's what you're worried about. Like if you're worried about them Jealousy falling in your, love with of your paramour with the, yeah yeah um, shout out ace arrow you got a niche market there to uh to, to check out you really really corner that yeah um just sell those love potions i love it be like hey mfers you got to be saddled with this then i will Such help you, you i'm gonna make a profit manipulate it. it yeah i feel like the other option is you could you could only fall in love with people who are sort of objectively not that attractive hmm. and then the person that you're going to for the love potion is probably not going to be interested Interesting, or or you just never let them see your paramour. I feel like that's the that's the problem. Yeah, that's probably the yeah. well. But the thing is that this was the guy who was coming for Ooh. the love potion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So never let them see you. You have to you have to have <laughs> like one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wear a veil, or you have like a confession booth situation. situation. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Confession nice, yeah. and like a bank teller window. Yeah, so you just right. So you just slide your it through there yeah. or your love potion, <laughs> and you get to walk away happy. Yes. And before we learn more, Jules, I think I need a refill. Same
This week, we are welcoming back Audible as one of our sponsors. Um, you can go to audible.com spirits and get a free audiobook with a 30-day trial. Uh, we love binging podcasts. Amanda almost is caught up with Wolf 359. Oh my God, guys, um, it gets so intense. I can't. You're, uh, you I have can't. so much to look forward to. I can, but what am I going to do, Julia, when it's all over? Well, so Amanda, you can just go to Audible I and know. listen to some of their amazing audiobooks because audiobooks are just very long audio dramas, basically. Or very short audio dramas compared to some of the ones that we binge that take 20 plus hours. That is true. But like audio dramas, they are voice acted in many cases. They are really well produced. They're easy to listen to. They're mad bingeable. And one I'm going to recommend to you is actually, let's call it a one shot. It's kind of short. It's only five hours and change. Um, and it's entitled We Are Okay by Nina LaCour. Now, when I checked this book out of the library, I started it in an actual book and I finished it in an audiobook. Uh, the librarian was like, oh my God, I have heard so much about this book. You have to come back on a day that I am working and tell me how it was. And so I made her follow me on Twitter so she could just ask me how it was. Uh, but We Are Okay is the story of um, a woman who goes off to college and the kind of like mysterious circumstances under which she left her hometown and finds herself staying at her icy Eastern Coast College over winter break. So she's like the only person in the dorm, only person on campus besides the caretaker there between Christmas and New Year. And oh my God, it's so good. It's mad queer. And I cannot recommend it highly enough. It is a beautiful book. That sounds amazing. Um, the book that I'm actually going to recommend uh, is coming out the day that this episode comes out. What timing? Uh, which is amazing because I was stoked. I was going to pre-order it on Amazon. And then I saw that they have the audiobook feature through Audible. So you know I pre-ordered that thing and I'm going to start listening to it tomorrow, which is today for people listening to hell this. Hell yeah, hell uh, yeah. And that is Provenance by Anne Leckie. If anyone knows Anne Leckie's sci-fi stories are thebomb.com. And I am so stoked to see not a continuation of the trilogy that uh, she premiered with, uh, but in the same universe, which is really, really exciting. And our fave Garth Nix also has some of these like novellas, short stories and other installments in the Old Kingdom trilogy universe that aren't part of the actual trilogy now series. Yeah. No, but I am stoked and I can listen to it thanks to Audible. Absolutely. You can do though. If you go to audible.com slash spirits, this offer, this URL is just for spirits listeners. It's going to let them know that you guys love reading and you love supporting us. Get your 30 day free trial, get your audiobook. Even after the trial, you still own the book. You can still listen to it. It's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And we love Audible. We are also sponsored this week by Storyblocks, which is a website that provides high quality stock images for a fraction of the cost. So if you make websites, if you make animations, if you make animatic videos of your favorite podcasts, if you do whatever, if you have an Instagram where you put text over images, you can do all of this stuff. You can download all the stock that your heart desires from their member library, which has over 400,000 thousand stunning photos, vectors, textures, icons, everything you can need. So if you go to storyblocks.com slash spirits, you can get a free seven day trial. It's unrestricted guys. You can download whatever the heck you want. So what I'm going to do, Amanda, what is I'm going to challenge spirits listeners. Oh man. Um, whoever finds the coolest photo on Storyblocks after using it during their seven day trial, and tweets it at us or sends it to us via Facebook or whatever. Even email. Um, I will 
praise you to the high heavens on all of our social media. And you'll get a special shout out in our next episode. I am so excited to see what kind of beautiful stock images you guys can get. They're not going to be like funny because they're horrible. They're just going to be funny because they're so specific. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see what you guys end up searching for and finding. So that's storyblocks.com slash spirits for a free seven day trial. Download anything from their library and their marketplace, all the kinds of features you could possibly want. So thank you so much to Storyblocks for sponsoring us. They know that you guys are creative. You love making stuff. And I think it's going to be a really good fit for our audience. And send me some amazing photos. All right. Now back to the myth. So what else about Cersei is badass or cool? Apart from turning men into pigs and being kind of like dope herbal, I don't know, witch. Like what what does she do or have or what's the mythos about her um, that makes her such a cool character to you? I mean, I think what I like about her is the same thing that I like about a lot of the sort of cultural images of witches that we talk about in the book, and also the the women who were accused of witchcraft historically, which we also talk about in the book, is that like her entire thing is that she is threatening to men. Like mm-hmm. men find her threatening, um, and they find her, you know, like she's she's scary because of her power over them. Mm-hmm. She's scary because of her seductive ability. She's scary because she has knowledge that they don't about, you know, about yeah. herbalism and potions and stuff like that. And uh, and those are all things like even even when I would not like technically advise turning men into pigs if such a thing was were possible. We can't technically Your honor. condone I can't, that. Yeah, yeah, I can't technically condone that in the way that I can't technically condone, you know, eating a pig that used to be a human. But, right. Um, or cutting off someone's genitalia. Right. Like, like, not, no. And she, was, she wasn't going to cut it off. She was just going to, like, magic it off. Oh, oh, yeah. that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It that, wasn't, that is, it wasn't like a gory so thing. so many Twitter notifications about our like cannibalism <laughs> in this episode. Why do you do this to I me? Know. Well, we also got an email recently of someone being like, I don't like how you always assume that the men are at fault in your readings of myths. And I was like, that's our whole point, baby cakes. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, just, like, let's just for a second assume like give the women the benefit of the doubt yeah. like, like if let's you just for once for a second try that if you want to show. assume that the women are at fault you have literally the rest of yeah. all of history and good literature. news for you yeah. buddy yeah you got you got all of it just anything else that, yeah. that sweet double standard exists you know in all of mythology where the dudes can just fuck whoever they want mm-hmm. um, but also yeah. the concept of uh western you know relationships doesn't apply to all cultures uh, exactly. Same with like the Mami Wada thing versus the Zeus thing where mm-hmm. uh, established relationships are a thing for Greek mythology, but not necessarily for the Mami Wada myth. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, and this is actually one of the cool things about Circe also is that she's, that's that's one of the sort of double standards that she's not really held to because she is just, you know, seducing her way through and she's not, you know, she's not like running all over Greece because she's stuck on her island. But, totally. but it's not like, um, it's not like with Penelope. Like, there's not this sort of right. uh, assumption that she's going to now be faithful to Odysseus forever, mm-hmm. um, and beat off five hundred guys right. who are trying to marry yeah. her. Instead, right. Cersei has those good, good incoming, you know, submissions and can pluck the good ones out of the pile. Right. Uh, and and one of the things that I like about her is that she kind of just assumes there aren't any good ones (laughs) like it's not like she's going through the men and being like like she's not doing a like history of the world part one kind of like you know yes 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 no yeah um she's she's just like i'm i'm just gonna assume you all need to be pigs 
awesome. Um, like, and I, it must prove it otherwise. Yes, That's exactly. Actually a pretty exactly. good dating strategy. It really is. It's, it's kind of how I dealt with online dating. It was great. It was extremely, <laughs> extremely effective. Yeah, there needs to be like way more than five reasons that this could actually be not terrible. Yeah, and then and then you go for it. Yeah. Uh, TM book idea: uh, online dating, but for Greek mythology. Ooh, pretty TM good. TM, pretty TM. good. <laughs> That's really good. We okay, let me know if you need a co-author. I'm a very good co-author. You got it. Jaya's not here to contradict me, but she actually wouldn't. We've yeah. <laughs> we've written about how great it was to write a book together. You have, which I'm also going to credit in our um, description because doing projects with my childhood best friend from literally kindergarten. Uh, I know it's adorable. Uh, it's you know we've also like so much of the art lesson to Julie and I was like there's so much here that we agree with. Like it was it was a really awesome look at something that people don't write about enough. Yeah. And it's something that, like, you do have to be really cautious moving forward on something like that. Like, you can't just you can't just start a podcast with any best friend. Yes. And you can't true. just write a book with any best friend. Yes. I feel like especially a podcast. Like, the thing is that, like, if Jaya and I had clashed, which we truly never did in a, like, really sort of miraculous way. Yeah. But, but if we had clashed... We only wrote the book for six months. Sure. And, yeah. and you know, and now we're, we're sort of promoting it together. But so that's that's probably, like, that's like a year and a half maybe that we would have had to yeah. and there's an end like, date stand each also. other yeah yes. but yeah but the podcast is just like you're you're doing it every oh, week yeah, so, yeah. Like, i yeah. uh, i just recently got engaged to my fiance who we dated for eight years and i just recently floated the idea i'm like maybe we should do a podcast <laughs> yeah i was like julie that <laughs> is the appropriate tough. amount of Thank time you. uh to wait so to be like oh, okay well let's just like see if we like each other okay eight years later okay yeah. it's time to do a podcast like, yeah we're yeah. good we're gonna get married and also have a podcast yeah. i think those are my two levels of high commitment but those yeah. are but that's the order that you did it in like yeah. you decided to get married first yeah exactly and then yeah. you decided to do a podcast yeah and jules and i had a good 19 20 years of friendship before we decided to start this podcast that's so yeah. we're like yeah. okay all right you know we, we can we're we can good, we're good test this now i mean by by that that rubric, Jaya and I were really like rushed into things. Mm-hmm. You guys had a like, shotgun. We had only been both married. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> Which I love. I'm so I'm so relieved it worked out. <laughs> it was awesome. When I was in college, I wrote a paper uh, because I was a history and religious studies major. Um, I wrote a paper on Greek mythology and just how bad early mythology was at victim blaming. Oh man, yeah. Um, so I'm so I'm so into the story of Circe because she's not necessarily a victim and she's definitely not being blamed for anything, but she is very much, uh, when you're looking at the Odyssey, she's kind of framed as a villain. She's stopping Odysseus from, you know, getting home to Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. wife, which kind of sucks. But I, the reason I love this uh, interpretation, the reason why I'm so glad you're telling her story is because we're looking at a side of it where she's very empowering instead of an obstacle. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a a really good point. And we kind of touched on it a little bit when we did our Medusa episode where um, we can look now at the stories where women are villains and really kind of retell them and shape them to tell a better story and one that's more accurate. Uh, And I think your book really touches on that quite a bit. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Like, this is, you know, where the the idea of kind of the frightening witch comes from Mm -hmm. is that that it's really just the, the flip side of things that we now are very proud of and probably at the time we're also proud of quietly you know, power, secretly yeah proud exactly of, yeah. like power and knowledge are things to to cherish um and i think that like if you asked cersei you know she would say i'm not a villain i'm i'm an enchantress that's yeah. an amazing thing to be yeah, yeah magic um, and shit yeah and the problem really is like the 
the filter that we've always been mm-hmm. reading and writing it through is this very patriarchal filter. And so that was, that was you know, that's what, ha- what has happened with sort of the image of the Enchantress and the Witch for you know millennia really at this point um it also relates a lot to the to the monster essays because like that's kind of what i'm looking at is this idea that you know all of the female monsters in mythology like all of them are embodying something that that i think and that that you guys would think is a positive quality mm-hmm. right um, and it gets sort of turned on its head the way that it's being described um, yeah like fierceness independence you know, yeah. uh, studiousness, just ability, mm-hmm. like all of these things. If if the history keepers and the you know, like like the the storytellers are the ones being either disempowered, threatened, or um, you know, victimized by those qualities, like of course you're going to make it an adversarial and and you know, scary kind of monster esque thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so that's I mean, one of the one of the things that I think is cool about Cersei is that. She's not really, and actually, I think this is why I was thinking maybe she's related to, like, maybe it's a deliberate homage, the name of the Game of Thrones character, yes. um, is because she's not really a victim first. You know, she's not like Medusa, yeah, where right. she's, you know, being punished for something, mm-hmm. um, which is also, you know, Charybdis is also being punished for something. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of who else. In, I think in some stories, the Harpies are, like, a lot of them, mm-hmm. like, they become monsters because they're being punished for some quality that they were not supposed to have. Um, she's not being punished for anything. Like she has sought out this knowledge and she has set herself up on this island, you know, and, and she's kind of just sort of living her truth, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like, which like, I hate to say that cause it sounds like it's something out of like Cersei's self-help yeah. book. Yeah. Like <laughs> eat, pray, turn men into pigs. But Listen, I worked um, in social media, live my truth was a thing <laughs> that we would always say all the time. Yeah. She was hashtag living her truth. Yeah. Um, was she wearing millennial pink in her enchantress robes as she did so? What no. is millennial pink? Oh man. Oh man. It's a whole internet thing. <laughs> oh, God. It's like, it's like a, a color stereotypically used by millennials, bought by millennials, like just that, that like, kind of like, like rose sort of gold. rose gold yeah oh, okay yes. good i'm glad we're yeah. on the same page here <laughs> see you you know you okay. know it was programmed i just never heard millennial pink before it's a thing okay yeah, yeah i trust you but like isn't that the most uh monstrous thing of all to choose to be a monster you know what i mean yeah. like if you're if you're turned into that like i think medusa is kind of easy and popular for people to be like oh okay well this was thrust upon her and so it's easy to dehumanize easy not to think about her origin story whatever but for someone to be like no actually this is what i want to do uh yeah. you know that the fact that someone could choose to live outside of the prescribed roles for their social status their gender their race their ethnicity whatever uh like that i think is the thing that really scares people yeah and it really brings home the fact that like what you call a monster or what you call you know a witch is very much defined by you know sort of somebody else's idea of what's acceptable you know and what's you know what's uh what's an okay way to to be and what are like what are the boundaries on yeah the the way that you're allowed to live your life Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's why we so often go to a queer lens on mythology and go mm-hmm. to a feminist lens um, because like, you know, feminism, like you, you know, we have to learn how to analyze and kind of strike back against like the world that we were put in. Mm-hmm. Um, but a thing that I've always loved anyway about being queer is like, it just invites you to imagine new ways of being in your whole life. Like, you know, if you're growing up and kind of looking at the image of a nuclear family, for example, and saying like, well, you know, that probably doesn't match me. It's like the whole world is open then and it's terrifying, yeah. but also kind of like, oh, well, you know, what, how do I want to live? And it, it just, I don't know, it, it feels more possible to choose 
unconventional options. Well, and and queerness and like both both queerness and sexuality and also gender queerness like threaten people for the same reasons yeah. that like you know a monster or a witch threatens people is because it is sort of troubling these categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and it's becoming and this is like I think it's funny that you, that you're like so upset by. Uh, like creatures that are part one animal and part another (laughs) because like basically every monster that I've been writing about is part one animal and and part another or even like three or more animals and that kind of represents their um you know sort of fundamental category breaking yes which is really where their yeah, yeah where their monstrosity comes from and I think that that's like the same kind of of category troubling that like um that that upsets people in a in what I think is ultimately a positive way about queerness. Yeah, yeah, and and when you combine those different parts of animals, like you combine the most powerful parts of different ones, mm-hmm. and it feels like oh no, that's cheating, right? Like I think that's my like animal hindbrain, you know, is, is looking <laughs> at a looking at you know a, a multi-parted animal and being like no no that's not fair. Like like I can't fight that one. I could fight a lion maybe, you know, but if it's <laughs> if it's like super powered, that's something different. And and isn't that what witches are also is saying like mm-hmm. what if you not just you know allowed women to be ambitious and to strive for bodies of knowledge but you allowed them to study you Mm -hmm. know and and to like unlock parts of the world that are traditionally cloistered and you didn't give them the back-breaking labor of running a household all day long and also they're not interested or you know needing to like make themselves look appealing to men for suitors like oh my like what then that is like a supercharged like super mario star eating person (laughs) that can like take over the world yeah yeah, uh, that that uh, that reference was so not on brand for you, and I'm so proud. <laughs> Listen, I owned three video games as a kid: Super Mario, Pokemon, and Spyro the Dragon. So, if you want to talk any of those, get at me. I want to talk Spyro the Dragon sometime. Oh my you. god, that 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 first version where you were able to swim, like you couldn't swim as this little dragon, like exploring a world mm-hmm. in the first like three or four games, and then in one of them, suddenly they introduced the mechanic of swimming, and so the the first like intro scene required you to cross a river and I remember being like like waiting there with my controller being like but but I can't swim but but I can't and then there a ledge I can float over right and then eventually I was like well I guess I'm just gonna have to do it like walked forward and then I was like a whole new world oh my god so exciting there's an essay in that yeah 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 I have actually a text file of of what I call overwrought metaphors which is like me remembering (laughs) things and then being like this could be the crux of something yeah if I had the if I had the like heart and I don't know courage to write it I'm so proud of you (laughs) I could only do monkey island that's that's oh, the extent that of one was my good too. childhood video games. That was that was my brother, so I couldn't I couldn't play that one. Oh, yeah. We didn't share very well as kids. A, we would go to grandma's and she would she had a NES, I guess, and we would play Super Mario. Yeah. Um and then I just recently bought myself a copy of Kingdom Hearts for the PS4 because that was my jam and I just started playing it today. That's Beautiful. Awesome. <laughs> so good. I can literally quote the first 10 minutes of gameplay for all the cutscenes. Oh my god. It's amazing. <laughs> Man. Yeah, I had a friend with a with a Nintendo, but I never had one and so like I just got really good at watching people play video games and I still I, I still truly enjoy watching people play Me video too. games. It's kind of fun, honestly. It's relaxing. Yeah. I, I hear of... the like, you know, women watching men do stuff, like that's like a trope that is problematic and stuff, but I'm yeah. like, I will watch people play video games all day long. Like yeah. I watch speedruns and I watch, yeah. you know, uh, uh, the like playthrough videos on YouTube. Like it's just it's awesome. I yeah. mean, especially if there's a story. Like I had a really wonderful party where I did no party things besides like sit on a couch and drink and watch my friend play through Portal. Beautiful. Yes. And it was I mean that's it was like very watching nice a one. weird movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's good stuff. I had a lot of older male cousins, so um, I would just watch them play video games yeah. because, one, it would be at their house, so I don't have any control over the console. Um, but it was just fun. That's why I like uh, storytelling games in particular because, you know, watching someone do Super Mario is fine, but if you're watching someone play through something that actually has a story, that's the best part yeah. for me. Because it's like watching a movie that you can interact with. Yeah. Right? And you can be like, no, don't go left. And then they don't go left. Yeah. <laughs> or they do and say, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. And remind us, how and where can we get your beautiful book? Uh, it is called Basic Witches, and it's for sale now. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. You can get it a lot of places. You can get it at the Astoria Bookstore, you which is my local. You can get it at the Astoria Bookstore which it was actually like a number one seller the week after we yeah like you had your launch party there we had our launch party there and and i guess that was what made it like it it went out ahead of like some really big names so i was your number one best-selling author now you don't have to cite that source (laughs) who gives a shit just put it in those little film uh uh, olive things and then just call it a day yeah just like number one best-selling author dot 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 and the dot 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 is at the extraordinary bookshop which is a wonderful place it is it is very tiny and very cute yes you also didn't oh. have to pay for your uh, bestseller thing like that. Yeah, that's really, right. yeah, that's that right. crazy story about the woman who paid for her New York Times yep, bestseller. Yep, yeah. thing. I will link the story in the show notes. Ooh, so many links. Today. I actually, I actually wrote up a. You can, you can link Electric Literature's coverage of it. Hey, yeah. story. I was following it live when it was happening. It was crazy. I, I wasn't. I like got clued in on it later, which was nice because because like the it was the tweets were all yeah, sort yeah. of collected, mm-hmm. but. And where can people stay up to date on your various manifold internet projects and Jaya's? Um, so my Twitter, which is where I do most manifold internet projects, is J underscore Zims. That's Z-I-M-M-S. And Jaya's is Jaya Sachs. J-A-Y-A-S-A-X. Man. And you should definitely follow her, too, because she is amazing. I'm really sorry that she couldn't be here. We'll have her on for, for something else in the yes. future. You won't regret it. I really envy your Twitter handle. I have tried every permutation of my name, Amanda McLaughlin, but it just does not work. Oh, yeah. Mine is nothing. just my name. Yep. And it's short and lovely. Yes. <sighs> like you. Aww. <laughs> well, listeners, thank you so much. And Jess, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been great. And remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Spirits was created by Amanda McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Eric Schneider, with music by Kevin McLeod and visual design by Allison Wakeman. Keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at Spirits Podcast. We also have all our episodes, collaborations, and guest appearances, plus merch, on our website, spiritspodcast.com. Come on over to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritspodcast, for all kinds of behind-the-scenes stuff. Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.